You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Listen, we're talking about bringing heaven uh, to earth, and uh, our scripture is based on Matthew chapter 6. It's actually verse 9 and 10 when they said, Jesus, how do we pray? And he said, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To get heaven to come to earth, what's in between there is the will of God. That's what's in between there is is the will of God being done. Is the will of God taking place. And when you do the will of God, there's some great things that come with that. And I want to encourage you this morning with some of those things. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. They're going to put it on the screen for us. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 1, thank you. Now it shall come to pass. Now this is God. When he says shall, that's the strongest language you can use in any kind of a judicial uh, setting is shall. If you have a contract that said, I shall pay $50 and they shall deliver this product, that shall obligates you stronger than anything else will in any court of law or any contract. So when God says shall, he's saying, I guarantee you this will happen. He said, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I commend you today. Now, I want to show you something that he said diligently, used the word diligently, he used the word carefully. This isn't some casual thing. This isn't something that God said you can take casually. Uh, I was talking to... um, uh, a family in our church this morning. It was really funny. So they, they said their little son came and told the family, I don't know if he's a kindergartner, first grade, he said, I've got a girlfriend. And thank God, little, little sister, she's eight, and uh, their daughter's eight. And it, it, they said, before we could get it out of our mouth, she immediately said, what church does she go to? <laughs> she's eight years old. She already knows her priorities. Like, did she go to church? You can't have a girlfriend that doesn't go to church. And he responded like a little boy would. He said, yeah, it's the pedestrian church. (laughs) He said, I think it's first pedestrian church. It's the one they walk past on Sunday. Listen, you can't attend first pedestrian church and get what God's about to give. The pedestrians, the walker by, the people who aren't careful to observe. Carefully means, you, you, you got to flip that word. It means full of care. It means full of care. Diligently, that means you are actively pursuing to hear and do. Not just to hear it, but to obey the will of God, the voice of God, the word of God. And he said this, when you do this, he said that the Lord God, your God, will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And when, and when God had home field advantage in America, we were set above all the nations in the earth. I still think we're the most exceptional nation on the planet, but we have declined rapidly in the last 20, 30 years. We're not first in education anymore. We used to be first in everything. We're not first in everything anymore. Why? Because uh, the majority of our people aren't diligently and carefully pursuing the will of God to do it. Not just to find the will of God, hear the will of God, hear his voice, but to actually obey the will of God. But people who do, and that doesn't mean we can't turn that around. It's just one generation. It takes one generation to turn this whole thing around. Just one. Just one generation. It takes one voice to begin to speak to another voice that speaks to another person that speaks to another person and it spreads like wildfire and God can turn this around a lot faster than it was turned around on us. But his voice and his will and obedience to that, we've lost home-filled advantage and that's why we have, we have this decline. That's why you see in states around the nation, you know, they're showing, they're saying this is all climate change and some of the stuff, the climate is changing. But what has changed is the spiritual climate. 
And when the spiritual climate changes, the curse comes down. That's why Lake Mead, I, I've, I've been around Lake Mead. I'm a Californian by birth and a New Mexican by choice because this is my home state. But I was born in California. I've seen Lake Mead multiple times. Listen, it's, I've never seen it this low. I've never seen a drought this bad. I've never seen this many fires. I've never seen this many fires in New Mexico. We're, we've been in an off and on 20, 30-year drought. Well, the reason is because there's a spiritual drought. There's a spiritual drought in our state. There's a spiritual drought in these states, and it brings, it has, it has physical ramifications. Spiritual things manifest in the natural. And you see the states that are suffering the most, and you'll see there's some spiritual issues. The ones that are still prospering and blowing up and people are moving to, man, God is being lifted up by the leadership in the state. The pastors, the business people, the, the government officials are lifting God up. And he, he said, if you'll do that, man, I'll put you above, not beneath. I'll put you above. And that goes for our families and for us individually. Next verse, verse two. He said, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. My goodness, uh, I tell you, I love overtaking blessings. What is an overtaking blessing? That, that, that's when the the solution comes before the problem. The answer comes before the question. Uh, I'll give you an example. So money comes in, and you're, you're just like, I don't know where this money came from. My boss just gave it to me. I just got blessed with it. My family just sent me this. Somebody just sent me that. I, it just comes. And then, the, then a situation arises, and you're like, oh, I, now, I know why that money came. And you already have it before the problem. Boy, that's a lot better that's a lot better way to live than when you have a problem and you got to wait on the solution. And, and not only that, overtaking blessings, they overtake you so much that you, you have to give things away. You have so much, you have to start giving blessings away. Come on now. You just have to start giving blessings away, man. You're over, it, they come upon you and then they overtake you. How? When you diligently and carefully Pursue and do the will of God. You'll see heaven move on earth when you do that. And these blessings start to come. He said, overtake you because you, what's that word? Obey the voice of the Lord your God. Obey the voice of the Lord your God. So he has to be the Lord our God. We talked about that last Sunday. He has to be the Lord of our life. He has to be in charge. He has to be the boss. And he didn't hide this from us. He didn't hide his will from us. Some people think, man, I can't find the will of God, and I don't know what the will of God is. And I don't, yes, yes, you do. You know, I was praying one day, and I had my Bible with me, and I was praying. I said, God, you said in your word, write the vision down, make it plain for all to see, and, and make it easy to read. I said, you told us to do that. Why don't you do that? Why don't you just make it like that? I'm holding my Bible like this, and I heard this. It's almost in the spirit. I heard, <clears throat> and I'm, you know, I'm like, okay. And he's like, hey, psst. I wrote it down. I made it plain. I didn't hide it from you. It's right in front. You're holding it in your hand. And I went, duh, what am I thinking? Why would I ever? I shouldn't even ask God questions, his answers. You know, it's like the Pharisees ask Jesus questions all the time, trying to trick him and trying to do this. Man, his answers, eventually he answered so with such wisdom and such unbelievable insight that they just said, okay, we're done asking questions. We got to just kill him. You know, we can't even ask him any more questions. And then, so God answered that question for me. He said, my voice, my will is right in front of you. A lot of times we want destiny decisions from God. We want destiny. We want, we want his purpose. We want to know his perfect will. And uh, uh, he said, listen, first things first. He said, first things first. Can you do what I already wrote you? You know, um, I have children. Some of you know I have six of them. And a few of them, uh, you know, 
they're not as neat and tidy as others. And, uh, you know, I have one that's real joyful um, and real happy all the time and most of the time. Um, and, uh, you know, her mother will say, go clean your room. And uh, about 15, 20 minutes later, that one will come out and say, hey, uh, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? What do you think of this? And I made this and I did this and I'm doing this. And hey, can I tell you a funny story? And da, 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 da. And I'm like, I want to hear all that. I want to celebrate all that. But did you clean your room? And, you know, the answer to that is no. And so you have to go back. You have to go back. You have to go back to do what I said last time before we can move forward. Sometimes you have to backtrack to get on track. Give me, give me a scripture on that. I'll give you one. Jonah was told to go to Nineveh. He decided not to do it. We know the story. He got thrown into the ocean. A fish swallowed him. He's in the belly of that fish. And he finally says, God, I'll do what you said that you told me to do. So that fish swam him all the way back to Nineveh and threw him up on the beach. I don't think that he was shocked when he came out of that well. I think he would, people were probably shocked how bad he smelled. But he, would, he, he got thrown up on the beach and he's in Nineveh. Why? Because God's like, you went this way. I had to backtrack you to get you back on track. What does that completely mean for my life, Pastor Troy? This is what it means. What's the last thing God told you to do? And did you do it? Did you do it diligently? Did you do it carefully? And are you still doing it? For some, he said, hey, just read your Bible every day. Get up. You get up at 6.30, 7, whatever, 5.30 in the morning, whatever time you get up. Get up at 5.25 and spend five minutes reading your Bible and praying. And you might have started it, but you're not doing it now. A lot of people want the big things from God, but we, we have to begin to learn to obey the little things, the things he's already written down, the things he's already established in our life, the things he already told us to do. Sometimes we have to backtrack to get on track. He had to backtrack Jonah to get, him, to get him on track. You know, David even said in Psalms 143.10, he said, God, I want to obey your voice. Teach me, teach me to what your will is and teach me how to obey it. In Psalms 119, the largest chapter in the Bible, there's 176 uh, I think verses in it, and out of that, there are 175 of them. All he's praying about is, teach me your will and help me to do it. The whole, if you've not read Psalms 119, I'm telling you, I can't get through. It takes me days to get through Psalms 119 because I'll read three or four scriptures. I'll end up praying 30, 40 minutes just on those few scriptures. Praying out God's will. Then I'll read a couple of them. Okay, let's pray that out. And so, I mean, it just, it's just so much about God. I, I want to know your will and do your will. I want to know your will and do your will. And King David pursued it. That's why he was a giant king killer. That's why he fulfilled God's destiny and purpose for his life. He did the little things that God told him to do and the big things God told him to do. And he wasn't perfect at it, but he was diligent and careful. Full of care to do the will of God. You know, we all want the blessings of God. I don't know about you, I want every blessing. But in between the blessings, heaven coming to earth is thy will be done. Thy will be done in my life. Your will, not my will, Lord. Next verse. He says, blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Man, what blessings come to those who diligently obey and carefully observe to do the will and word of God. I, I don't know about you. I want to be blessed going in and out. I want to be blessed in the country and blessed in the city. I don't have to move to Dallas to be blessed. I can be blessed in Artesia. I can be blessed in Dexter and Hagerman. I can be blessed in the middle of nowhere. I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed in the city. I'm, I'm just, God said, I'm just going to bless. Wherever you are, my blessings will be. And we know the word blessed means happy, prosperous, fortunate, and enviable. 
I don't know about you, everybody I know, if I read this and said, these are the blessings God will give, would say, I want those blessings. But you gotta go to verse one to get them. You gotta go to verse one and say, God, I'm not only gonna seek your will, but I'm gonna carefully observe it. I'm gonna diligently, I'm gonna be diligently pursue to know and do your will every day of my life. You can say, well, how does that apply to my day to day? Listen, what's the last thing he told you to, to, how to treat your wife? What's the last thing he told you how to treat your husband? You know, again, people want destiny moments with God, this kind of moment with God, but you gotta backtrack. If you're married, he told you how to treat your husband and your wife. If you're not doing that, why would he move you forward? What did he tell you to do with your sex life? What did he tell you to do with this thing and that thing? He's given us his will, and he said, if you'll diligently and, and carefully pursue that, my gosh, he said, I'll open up heaven to you and pour it down on earth. Next verse. He doesn't stop there. He said, blessed shall be the fruit of your body. That's your children. They'll be happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. He said, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. You notice the word he put on there, produce, you'll be productive, and what is the next word? Increase, increase. He said, what you do, I'll keep increasing. Just go, increase after increase, you're gonna be productive and increase and increase and increase. He's the God of the increase, that's the blessing. He said, the offspring of your flocks. He said, what you, what you do for a living will be blessed. Next verse. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Your food will be blessed. Next verse. Blessed shall be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. I mean, he's given this exhaustive description of blessing. He said, I'll put you high above the nations. I'll make you the head, not the tail. I'll, I'll bless you going in and going out. I'll bless you in the country and the city. He's, he said, I'll bless your kids. I'll bless everything you touch. I'll increase it. You'll be productive. I mean, he's just given this exhaustive description of what he wants to do for those who pursue to know and obey his will. There's not, he, he, he didn't place any limit on this. Matter of fact, he's opening up the doors of heaven and said, I'll pour out, I'll pour out heaven on earth. I'll pour out my blessings on you. Everybody wants the blessing. But to get heaven on earth, there's something in between there. And that's the will of God. Your desire to do the will of God. Your desire to obey him and how you raise your children how you conduct yourself at work, how you talk even, how you talk. It's not perfection, it's consistency that he wants. If it's perfection, none of us will walk in these blessings. That would be a tease. He's not teasing us. He's saying if you'll carefully and diligently, if you'll be consistent and you'll pursue my will, he said, you won't have to look for my blessings. I'll pour them out upon you and they'll overtake you. He said, I'll command them to happen to you. I'll command them. Next verse. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you in one way and flee before you in seven ways. I pray this scripture on a fairly regular basis. I'll say, Satan, you came at me in one way, but you'll flee from me in seven ways in the name of Jesus. Because I know my enemies are not flesh and blood, but they're in spiritual places. What does the number seven represent? What does the number seven represent? Perfection. That means you're going to come at me one way, but you're going to leave at me, leave from me in every way. Why? But the only way that applies, the only way that applies is if I diligently and carefully listen to and obey God's will, God's word. That's the key. Next verse. The Lord will command the blessing on you and your storehouses and all to which you set your hand. Everything, he's like, I'm gonna bless every, all this, all, your children, your stuff. I'm gonna bless your food. I'm gonna bless you in the city, in the country. I'm gonna bless you going in and going out. Then he just says, I'm just gonna bless whatever you put your hand to. Just whatever you put your hand on. Why? Because you're diligently and carefully pursuing the will of God and obeying the word. And because of that, I'm gonna bless what you put your hand to.
God bless you. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord God has given you. He said, I'm gonna give you some land. I'm gonna give you some land. He said, I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna give you some land. I remember when Julie and I were gonna build a home, we, we got blessed. We, we bought a house, uh, a first house here in Roswell. We, we lived out on the highway behind a truck, uh, trucking company for several years here in a, in a double-wide trailer, and we rented it. We just couldn't find a home. There wasn't many homes on the market back then, and uh, they were super expensive, and so we waited. We were patient. God's good to us. We knew God would be good. We had some great times out at that, uh, living behind that truck stop. Uh, it was out in the middle of nowhere, so the kids had a ball. My boys just ran around catching lizards, and, you know, uh, Colton, uh, uh, he probably doesn't want me to say this. If you're watching Colton, I apologize in advance, but Colton was a nudist when he was a little kid, and I don't know about you guys, but he, Julie would get him dressed for church, and if she didn't keep an eye on him, he'd be in his underwear or stock naked before she could get him to the car. There's a few times he came to church without shoes on because he took his shoes off, and Julie's like, I'm not turning around. He'd just come in with his socks and just go to church. He just, you know, mama eventually gets tired, like, you're going to church with your socks, not even gonna put shoes on you. But he, he would, he would, she'd get him dressed, and he was like three, three or four years old, he's a little guy, and uh, she'd get him dressed, and she'd go do dishes or something. He'd say, I'm gonna go sit outside, mom, or do something, and he'd walk out the door. And one day, uh, a cowboy knocked on the door and said, Hey, ma'am, excuse me. And she was like, uh, what, what? And there was, they had some horses corralled right out in front of this, this place, and they, these cowboys were working these horses, and he said, Ma'am, I don't know if you know this, but your son, is sitting on the top rail, stock naked. And I'm a little concerned that his private parts might get a little sunburned. And she looked, and it was a trail of clothing all the way out to that. And he climbed, he's just sitting on that top rail, stock naked, watching them work those horses, talking to the cowboys. That's man stuff right there, right? <laughs> I'm, glad he, I'm glad he called that to my wife's attention. But when, when, you, when you begin to raise your children the way God said to, there's a joy in your home. When, when you begin to raise, there's, it's not perfection. There's always storms. Even when you're smack dab in the middle of God's will, there's storms. You know, he told them across the, 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 the sea, and they begin across the sea. Jesus is with them. He told them across it, and the massive storm comes and tries to drown them. Four of these guys are commercial fishermen, so they've seen storms of all types. This is a storm that will kill you. And they're the ones that pointed it out. So they were in the middle of God's will. There's still storms. And right in the middle of God's doing God's will, you'll still see storms. That's when you learn to trust him. That's, Satan means that for evil to kill you to drown you, God will turn that around for your good if you'll stick with him to teach you to trust him. That no matter what, he's with you. No matter what, he's gonna take care of you. If he told you to do it, then he'll be with you and he'll get you through it. Let me say it again. If he told you to do it, then he's with you and he'll get you through it. But you gotta hang on. You have to trust God. And you have to desire to do his will in the mountain, on the mountaintop when everything's going great, when you're in the valley, when everything doesn't, nothing looks good. You have to purpose to pursue and obey and do the word of God. And he said, I'll get you through it. He said, I'll begin to bless. I'll, I'll bless your children. I'll, they'll be happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. I'll begin to move in your life. I'll begin to move on everything that you touch, everything you put your hand to. And so Julie and I are living out there in that place, and we finally found a home, and we purchased this home. Two years later, the market explodes in Roswell. We sell that home. I can't remember how much money we profited. $137,000 profit in two years. I'd never seen my name on a check that big. They handed it to us, I'm like, woo! Usually it goes from like you to something else, right? It's like, you know, it's got you and the bank's name on it, and you're just handing stuff over, right? But that went to us. And God, uh, we, 
picked out a place we wanted to buy in a neighborhood, and the people in that neighborhood got together, and they came and said, we don't want you living on our block. We don't want you here. We don't want Pastor Troy and Church on the Move here on our block. And I said, mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. what do I say to that? I wanted to say, where are you at? But I said, you know what? That's all right. My God will take care of us. Guess what happened? He had land for us. We went out and bought a piece of land. No, there was no other houses around us. And God, God said, he'll bless your land. He'll give you a land. He'll give you land. He blessed us with that land. We paid cash for that land. He gave it to us. We built a house on that land. And now we're the smallest house in all that area. We got multi-million dollar homes that just sell around us. We were the only ones out there. God blessed our land. Our land's worth a lot more than what it was when we paid for it. Little old us, living in a double-wide trailer behind a truck stop. Bought a house, sold it in two years. When you diligently pursue and desire to obey, carefully obey the word of God, he'll begin to bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you. There'll be some storms that come that try to drown you because Satan doesn't roll over and play dead. But you know what? If you'll stick with him, You'll get past the storm. You'll get to the other side. And his will will be fulfilled. And his will will come from heaven to earth. And it will be done in your life, in our lives. We got some more blessings. What else you got on there? What's the next verse? The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, he'll establish us as a holy people. And why does he want to pour out these blessings? Why does he want to establish us as a holy people? So that others who don't know him will see and say, I know you. I grew up down the street from you. Man, you don't have any special talent or ability. Matter of fact, I'm smarter than you. I'm better than you. Why are you walking in all these blessings and I'm not? And you get to say, it's the Lord my God. I listen to him, I obey him, and he commands a blessing over my life. Oh, he commands a blessing over my life. That's how he takes unlikely people in unlikely places and makes them special. He commanded a blessing over this property. Between the dump and the jail lies the spiritual head of this community. Lies the largest church by far in this community. The largest church in the history of this community. Between, between the dump and the jail in an unlikely place, among, among an unlikely people, God has spoke and moved. And we're not the only place he's done it. He's done it in L.A. He's done it in Dallas. He's done it in Odessa. He's done it in Lubbock. He's done it in New York City. He's commanded the blessing on people that will pursue his will and say, I'm going to get up this morning and I'm going to persist and pursue the will of God to not just know what it is, but to do it. But to do it. I was talking to God recently and I said, Lord, what's the next step? He said, you're, you've just about perfected the first step. What a, you say, Pastor, you're on the first step? Yeah, I'm on the first step of this level where he's taking me. And what was, what was that first step on that level? He said, I want you to spend an hour with no interruptions. That was the big part. Not spend an hour. I pray all day. But he wanted me to spend an hour without any interruptions. That's the part I hadn't perfected. Because I'm constantly being interrupted. He said, no interruptions. Just alone with me seven days a week. Seven days a week. Just you and me, no interruptions. Just you and me. I want you to read your word. And I want you just to pray in the spirit for an hour straight. I time it. I put my, my phone down. Mark the time. I'm going to diligently and carefully pursue them. He said, you've just about perfected that. When you perfect it, though, I'll tell you the next step. What was the last thing he told you to do? 
What was the last thing he spoke to you? Go back and think about it. Because a lot of times you're not hearing the next step because you haven't done the first step. Go back and do what he told you to do. And if you haven't gotten total victory over the situation you're walking in, go back to what he told you to do to get victory. Continue to speak the word. Continue to be diligent. Be consistent. Be careful to speak and obey what God has spoken to you. Some of you he spoke to start exercising. Some of you he spoke to eat better. Some of you he spoke to be nicer at work. Some of you he spoke to stop being a rumor mill at work. Some of you he spoke to watch your tongue. Some of you he spoke to said stop cussing. Some of you he said stop drinking. Some of you he said he's, 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 he's commanded you. He's spoken to you. He's given you his will for your moment in time right now. It might not be my moment. It's your moment. I have my moment, you have your moment. What has he spoken to you to do? Some of you, he said, start tithing. Some of you said, you're stingy. You need to start being more generous with your time and your finances, starting with your family. Some of you said, you work too much and you still haven't stopped. Some of you said, you don't work enough and you still haven't started. We want destiny moments. We want these big, giant, killer moments. But God said that comes with the little. King David said, I tended my father's flock. It's the first thing he did. He said, I was good at it. And then when a lion came, I killed it. Then when a bear came, I killed it. He said, I surely can kill this giant. He did all the little things right. He obeyed God. God, his father told him to tend the flock. He knew it was the will of God for him to obey his father. So he obeyed, and he was good at it. He was good at it. You know, how, you know how you smell when you tend sheep? Sheep stink. I said, sheep stink. He stunk. He was always, he slept with the sheep. He stunk. He, he lived out in the middle of nowhere. That's where, he, that's where they made him hang out. But he said, God is watching. And I'm going to be diligent and obedient to what I've been asked to do. He became a king not because he, was, he had all these great king qualities. He became a king because he had God qualities. He was diligent and careful to obey the will and the instructions of God. Go with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. I'm going to establish to you the vital importance of, of obeying the will of God. This is Jesus. I'm going to quote Jesus. Jesus said in John 4, verse 34. He had asked the, the, his disciples to bring him something to eat, and they're, they're all puzzled, and they're all confused about what all this meant. And they said to themselves in the verse above it, did someone already bring him food? Where did he get his meal? And, and they're talking about food, and he said, I, you know, I, I've eaten, and I mean, they're just all confused about what food is. And he explains what real food is. In verse 34, it says, Then Jesus spoke up and said, My food, everybody say Jesus' food, is to be doing the will of him who sent me and bring it to completion. We know that when Satan tried to tempt Jesus, that Jesus said, Listen, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He's saying it over and over and over again. He said, listen, my food, what I get up thinking about. You know, sometimes we get up thinking about, man, yesterday, I know, I, I'm, I plan, I plan. T tomorrow I'm getting up, I'm getting some eggs and bacon. Man, I'm going to get me some eggs. I'm going to get some pancakes. I'm going to get, for lunch, I'm going to eat that hamburger I like. I want some green chili, enchiladas. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting popos up. I'm hitting this. I mean, sometimes we wake up already planning what we're going to eat. Why? Because we're craving it. Man, we're like, mm, today's the day I'm going to eat that. I'm going to get that. Jesus said we should wake up with a craving to do the will of God. He should, we, we should wake up thinking, man, today, today I'm going to do your will. I, tomorrow's gone. Uh, forgive me for what, what I didn't do or what I did do yesterday, but today's the new day. Today's the day I'm going to persist. I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to be diligent, and I'm going to be careful to do your will today. He said, my food is to do the will of my Father and complete it. Otherwise, I finish everything he tells me to do. He says in John 5, just keep going. 
This is Jesus speaking, John chapter 5, verse 30. He says this. He said, nothing I do is from my own initiation. For as I hear the judgment passed by my Father, I execute judgment. And my judgments will be perfect because I can do nothing on my own except to fulfill the desires or the will of my Father who sent me. My food is to do the will. My whole desire and intention is do the will. Do the will, do the will, do the will. John 6 verse 38 says this. It says, Jesus said this. He said, and I have come out of heaven, not for my own desires or my own will, but for the satisfaction or the will of my Father who sent me. He's constantly talking about the will, the will, the will. You know what he said when people, uh, his mom and brothers came. They thought he'd gone crazy. And they went to the house and said, we're going to take Jesus home. He's gone nuts. He thinks he's the Messiah. They still didn't believe. Even Mary didn't believe. They started doubting. And I'm sure her sons were feeding doubt into her. So they went to go get him. And they thought, we'll bring mama. He'll surely stop doing this and come home for mama. So mom and the brothers show up. And they're trying to get into this house. And they can't get in. And they see Peter and say, hey, Pete. Mary and us are here, man. We came to see Jesus. And Jesus knew what they came there to do, was just try to talk him out of doing the will of God. You know, some family members will try to talk you out of doing the will of God. And they, they came to talk. Mary, Mary, Mary came to talk him out of doing the will of God with his, with his rest of his brothers. And Jesus, Peter came and said, hey, uh, Jesus, uh, Mary and your brother's outside. You, you know, you need to kind of make a way for them to get in the house. And Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my brother and who is my sister? He said, what was his next statement? Only those who do the will of my father are my family. He didn't invite them in. They weren't in the will. They weren't doing the will in that moment. And he's establishing with us that it might not even be your own flesh and blood that does the will of God. But your brothers, your sister, your true family are those that diligently and carefully seek to do the will of God in their life. That's your, that's your mother. That's your brother. That's your sister. That's the family of God, those who do the will of God. And then this verse in uh, Matthew chapter 7. We're just about done this morning. I know he'll be out any minute to play my get-off-the-stage music. (laughs) Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. This is powerful. This is something that everybody needs to pay attention to very closely. So, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the realm of of heaven's kingdom. It is only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly Father. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do many many miracles for the sake of your name? But I will have to say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebels. I've never been joined to you or I've never knew you. Why? Because your purpose wasn't to do the will of God. Your purpose was to do what you wanted to do, not what God wanted you to do. They even did good works, but it wasn't the will of God that they were pursuing. It was something for their own benefit they were pursuing, not for God's kingdom and God's benefit. He said only those who persist, who insist on doing the will of God in their life will inherit heaven. Church family, he's given us Direct instructions. He wrote it down. You can say, well, I don't speak Hebrew or Greek. Well, it's written in English and Spanish and every language on the continent, on the planet. And if you want to know the Greek and Hebrew, just Google it. Google knows Greek and Hebrew. Google knows every language. And then he's put tons of people throughout history, documented commentary and thoughts about these scriptures. You can learn everything. You can learn the history of it. You can learn from people who have served God, who have got insight into these scriptures. You don't even have to find it for yourself. They'll they'll explain it to you. 
There's no excuse. I hope today that you desire heaven to come to earth. I hope today you desire to be happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable wherever you go and whatever you lay your hands to do. I hope today I've wet your palate to say, I want to walk in all these blessings of the almighty living God. And, and I hope today you realize it's in the pursuit of his will and being diligent and careful to obey it that those blessings will come on you and overtake you. And I want to encourage you, don't be jealous when it happens for somebody else. Don't be jealous. Don't be jealous and say, oh my gosh, it happened for them. They're not perfect. No, they're not. God didn't say perfect. He said diligent. He didn't say perfect. He said careful. He didn't say perfect. He said consistent. He said heartfelt. To be diligent, you have to be heartfelt. God, I will do your will today. Today I'm gonna watch my tongue. Today I'm gonna watch my attitude. Today I'm gonna fulfill your will. Today I'm gonna be kinder to my husband. Today I'm gonna be kinder to my wife. Today I'm gonna teach my children your ways and your word. Today I'm gonna study your your the Bible at lunch break or at end break. Today I'm gonna seek you. Today I'm gonna serve you. Today I'm going to look for ways to be a blessing because that's what you told me to do. Today I'm going to do what the last thing you told me to do. Today I'm going to do it. Not worried about tomorrow and yesterday's gone. Just today. Today. I'm going to focus on today. What did he say in Deuteronomy 28? Today. He said today. He didn't say yesterday or tomorrow. He said today. Today focus, today decide, not, not my will, God, but your will be done today. I'm going to respect him today. I'm going to love her today. I'm going to serve today. I'm going to be kinder today. I'm going to buy someone's lunch today. I'm going to bless somebody today, Father. I'm going to let someone go in front of me in line. I'm going to open someone's door. I'm going to go talk to my children and tell them how much I love them. I'm going to call them up. I'm going to call my mom and dad and say, Mom and dad, I want to thank you for all that you've done for me. I'm going to show them some honor because God said to honor your mother and father. Well, they did 50 things wrong, but just honor them for the one thing they did right. Honor them for what you can. I'm going to do what you said to do today, Father. Because I want heaven to come to earth so everybody can see the glory. You know what the glory of God is? His mercy and goodness. Everybody can see the mercy and goodness of God in my life. And they'll want it, they'll want it in their life. They'll want to serve God in their life. Amen. Listen, every eye closed, no distractions, just moving distractions. And we don't close our eyes for any religious purposes. It's really just a wisdom purpose, just to get your eyes off of uh, anybody else around you, anything going on around you, people moving around you. Just focus on your life. And ask yourself this, this question because none of this happens and none of this can happen until he's the Lord of your life, until he's in charge. You're not going to seek to obey him until you recognize that he needs to be in charge. That you can't do it on your own. What I ask you to do is look at what you've produced on your own. Julie and I, we don't have a marriage without Jesus being Lord. We don't. We do not eat. We're not even married. And if we had gotten married, we would, we would already be divorced. But because Jesus is Lord, we're not only not just still married, we're happy. I said, we're happy, prosperous, fortunate, and enviable. In every storm that comes at us, and we have storms raging, we trust God to fix them. We trust God to heal them. We trust God to bring peace, and we trust God to get us through. We're an unlikely couple to come to an unlikely place. 
But when you serve God, you can be an unlikely person doing unbelievable things in the name of God. You can change generations of your family and your household. You can break generational uh, iniquity, sins that are passed down from family to family and shared demon activity in your family. You can break its cycle where it's no more. No more mental health issues. No more of this. No more addictions. It's over. I break the chain. I draw the line. I'm going to persistently obey and pursue the voice of my God. And I'm going to pass down generational blessings. And I'm going to be a generational blessing right in front of all those that can see. What do you desire? What do you want? If you think you can figure out marriage on your own, you're sadly mistaken. If you think you can figure out where you're going to live and what you're going to do, and you, you're going to end up in all the wrong places, all the wrong things, constantly having to make another decision because you regret the last one. But if you'll submit your life right now where you're at, and you'll say, God, you're in charge, not me. You're the Lord, I'm not. You're God, I'm not. I submit my will to you. Teach me now. Teach me now your will. And teach me how to obey it. If you'll do that today, it'll change everything tomorrow. It'll change everything tomorrow. If you've never prayed that and you want to, we want to pray with you right now. I sat in a church a long time ago and never prayed. Never prayed once. First prayer I prayed to God was save my life. Save my life. And he did. He saved me from me. Saved me from selfishness. Wow, what a life he's blessed me with. It's not perfect, but man, it's good. Man, it's, oh, it's so good. What do you want? What do you want today? What do you want your tomorrow to be? God's trying to locate somebody right there. If you've never prayed and you want to pray, let's pray right now. Or maybe you've prayed before and you've just gone dry. You've just gone dry. For whatever reason, sin in your life or just... You stop doing the things you know to do. Stop doing the last thing God told you to do. You gave up and you quit and you're dry and you just need to come home. Your life is dry. You're dry on the inside. Maybe you're battling depression because you're just dry. Because there's no life there. But the God, the living God will come. He'll live inside of you by the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you out of that darkness. Lead you out of that dry land and take you to a place where the water water is running. There's plenty. So whether it's your first time or your next time, if you want to pray, here or online, I know there's people watching. Thank you for joining us and watching today. If you're online and you're watching, you want to get right with God. We've had multitudes get right with God online. Text us now. Send us a message, whatever you do. Send us a message and say, I'm praying for the first time or I'm praying for the next time. And send it now. Send it now and then we're going to pray. In this room, I'm going to ask you on the count of three just to raise your hand and say, I need to get right with God. And then we're going to pray right where you're seated, right where you're at. Online in here, right where you're at, we're going to pray. Send the message online in here. You need to acknowledge, you need to acknowledge that you need to get right with God. Publicly acknowledge it by raising your hand, by sending a message. Then we're going to pray.
So in this room, on the count of three, if you want to get right with God, just raise your hand at the count of three, then put it down quickly. And then we're going to pray. One, two, three. Raise your hand and say, I'm going to get right with God all over this room. Wow, 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 wow. Praise God. Put your hand down. Thank you. Let's pray now. Those online, send the message and let's pray. Those in here, let's pray. And all those that raise their hand, you don't have to scream or shout this, but don't whisper it either. Mean it. Be sincere with God. He knows everything about you. And he loves you. And he'll forgive you and accept you. And he'll set it right. If you'll be sincere with him right now. Let's pray, church. Let's pray with him. Say this. Say, God, I believe you are God and God alone. I believe you love all of us. And you love me. And you sent Jesus He died for my sins. I believe it. And I believe you raised him from the dead. And you went through all of that to save my life. I believe it. And because I do, I ask that you forgive me of all my sins. All the times I disobeyed you. I didn't do what was right, I receive your forgiveness. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord Jesus Christ of my life. I submit my will to your will. And I pray now, I ask you now, teach me how to hear your voice and how to obey it. Teach me how to live life and life to the full. Teach me how to walk free from the slavery of sin and how to walk in your blessings and be a blessing. Until I see you in heaven, thank you for saving my life. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, church. He's good. He's so good. Let's thank him for how good he is. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.